settle down, settle in. It is the first Christmas reading of the year on 27th of November. Uh, So if you've got a Bible with you, open your Bible. That'd be great. If you haven't got a Bible, don't worry. It will appear behind me on the screen. This is chapter one of Luke. Sneaking in. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so chapter one, starting at verse five. Uh, And we're going to read this. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he had kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. We'll just very quickly jump forward to verse 57 in chapter 1. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. There you go. First Christmas reading of of the year. And so the Christmas season is, is upon us, and we now, we're heading, as Alice said, we're heading into Advent. Calendars were purchased this week in the, uh, in the Meads household. We've got football match attacks calendar, and we've got dairy milk calendar this year. So neither of them are for me, but I'll probably get involved. Um, so this is, um, this is a season of Advent. If you don't know what that is, it's a season where we start to look forward to what, or really we should say who, is coming. There's a sense of arrival, there's a sense of things drawing near. There's a sense of readying ourselves as we look towards celebrating the birth of Jesus. And I know I once had Christmas described to me as that kind of sense of, imagine standing in a totally dark room. 
It doesn't matter whether you have your eyes open or not. It would look exactly the same. You cannot see anything. And then suddenly, a door opens that you didn't even know was there. And as that door swings wide open, the room is flooded with light. And it is blinding, but it is glorious, and it's exhilarating. And you never want that door to close. So that's what we want to be this Christmas as a people, as a church family. People who are like, yes, the light has come. Jesus, the light of the world, come on in. And by now, you've probably picked up on what our theme is for this Christmas. Let earth receive her king. We've taken it from one of the great carols. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. And today, as we kick off our Advent season, we actually want to reflect on the very next line. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. So let me ask you a question. Today is the 27th of November. Let's fast forward a month. It's the 27th of December. A couple of days after Christmas Day, the day after Boxing Day, Things maybe all the presents, you know, all the presents have been opened, all the turkey's been eaten, or most of it's been eaten by that point. What do you want your heart to feel like on the 27th of December? In a month's time. What do you want your heart to feel like? How do you want it not to feel? Because it's easy for the next month or so to not go that well. That's the truth of it, isn't it? I was thinking about it. What is it sometimes I feel? by the time I look back on my Christmas? Or what is it I see in the lives of people around me? It came up with three words, frazzled. We look back and it's like, oh, I kind of did Christmas, but I forgot about Jesus in the middle of that. So frazzled, fearful, faithless. That's not what we want, and it doesn't have to be that way. We want to be an emotionally healthy church. We want to be an emotionally healthy people. So I kind of want to unpack by looking this morning at Zechariah and Elizabeth and their story, just some things I think will hopefully be helpful to make sure that when we get to the 27th of December, we're not feeling frazzled, fearful, faithless, but quite the opposite. And this story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, so this is the other part of what is known as the Christmas, it's the infancy narrative. There are, in the Christmas story, there are two miraculous and parallel pregnancies going on. Both of them defy logic, and both of them are announced angelically. Now, they don't perfectly overlap, but you have Mary and Joseph and the birth of Jesus, and obviously we don't look at that a lot in the next, next few weeks. But just a little bit before, before then, we also read about, in, in Luke's Gospel, John the Baptist. Wasn't called John the Baptist when he was born, just John. But John, who was born to Elizabeth and Zechariah. So Mary and Joseph... Elizabeth and Zechariah, that's two couples who are without children. One, because they are not yet married, and then one, because they've not been able to conceive. And both couples have their lives dramatically transformed by a supernatural intervention. In the, in the case of Elizabeth and Zechariah, this is not a virgin birth. This is not the Immaculate Conception. Instead, this is a married couple who have been trying for children without success, who now find themselves later in life and Elizabeth becomes pregnant after her husband, Zechariah, has this encounter with an angel in the temple in Jerusalem. The angel is Gabriel, 
who we will meet again in this Christmas story over the next, next few weeks. And this encounter leaves Zechariah mute. Now, I think there's a couple of quite fun things about this story that's quite easy to miss. The first one is that in the text, it leaves it ambiguous as to whether Zechariah and Elizabeth conceived their child, John, before or after he went mute. And the more I think about that, that amuses me quite a lot. <laughs> we don't know. The second thing that does particularly <laughs> uh, tickle me in this is the fact that Zechariah has to come out of the temple as a mute and explain, or try to explain, what had happened inside, basically just using charades. <laughs> Which I like, I like the, you know, that's quite a good thing to, to chew on, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not doing the charades of that. <laughs> I'm being heckled here at the front. So it's a great story. It's an exciting story. It's a really enriching story. Let me just, just briefly this morning just pull out three reflections on, I think, how this story can prepare our hearts as we head into Christmas. The first one is this. What happens to Zechariah and Elizabeth isn't meant to happen to them. It doesn't feel like it's meant to happen. They're not expecting this at all. All they bring into this story is their availability. They're just there. If you check Luke 1, verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. So this is an audacious story. There's an angel in it, an angel. It's really easy to get over-familiar with the Christmas story, isn't it? They're just trying to read that as, as normal. But this is a huge deal. Let's not lose the wow factor in it. An angel appears to Zechariah. This is totally out of the ordinary. It's such a contrast from their daily lives, everyday daily lives. This is a couple who are not well-known in their time. They're not even particularly well-known now. They're certainly not cast here as heroes of the faith or high profile. Zechariah was a priest, and he and Elizabeth would have very likely lived in a rural setting outside of Jerusalem. Zechariah as a priest would have been on a rotor system, where a handful of times each year he would have gone into the busyness and bustle of Jerusalem and carried out different kind of ceremonial duties in the temple. But Zechariah and Elizabeth are ordinary people. They are almost hidden and nondescript. And yet, we, when we compare their lives with, with the offspring of their lives, it's quite dramatic. The opening passage, so well known to us, again, we're going to read it in the next few weeks. The, well, the opening passage of John's Gospel, verse 6, chapter 1, sorry, verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The ordinary hidden life, sorry, lives of Zechariah and Elizabeth become the life of John the Baptist. And what happens to them is so unexpected. They are simply devout and devoted people who are carrying out their responsibilities and duties. We see that, Luke chapter 1, verse 6, it says of Zechariah and Elizabeth, both of them were righteous in the sight of God observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. 
And what does God do through their devotion and their availability? He brings about the most significant prophet in Israel for hundreds of years. From their availability and from their devotion, God gives us John the Baptist, the one who would bear witness to the true light of the world. Perhaps that's what you need to hear today. That your devotion and your availability to the Lord, that is enough. That is enough. That God sees it. He sees you, good and faithful servant. That is enough. And in fact, sometimes that's all we can do. And then we trust the Lord to work in us and through us and do what he wants to do. We can trust him to do the extraordinary through us, very ordinary people. So that's my first reflection. My second reflection is this. God does do the extraordinary in this story, and it is way beyond what we, or Zechariah and Elizabeth, could ever imagine. This is a couple who are waiting. They are waiting. In some senses, their lives are defined by their weight. Verse 7. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. They had been waiting for a child that had never come. I might need my cup of tea in a minute. I just want to say that I don't want to skim over the issue of childlessness in this in this passage. Because we know that there are people in this church, across our church, and known to us in our church family, for this is a very real and legitimate issue. And there's a real pain there. And it's one that is very close to my heart in my life. And we know it can be due to a whole variety of reasons. It can be infertility, it can be relationship status, it can be lots of things. I suppose we just want to say that we... that we care, and then it really matters. And as a church, we just, if that's you, or you know someone in that place, we love you, we care deeply for you, when we're here for you. Elizabeth and Zechariah have been waiting for a child, but they were also waiting for other things. The people, they were part of the Israeli nation at the time, Israeli people at the time, excuse me. The people of Israel had been waiting. For hundreds of years, they had been waiting, waiting for a Messiah to rise up, one who would lead them out of the repression under the Roman rule. What's more, many Jews at this point believe that the Holy Spirit had not moved in their, in their presence for over 400 years since the last Old Testament prophet, Malachi. Zechariah and Elizabeth are a part of the people who are waiting. They're desperate to see God move. And then what happens? Verse 11, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. His prayer had been heard. But what we don't know is we don't know what Zechariah was praying for. 
we know that his prayer was heard. Maybe he was praying for the Messiah to come. Maybe he was praying for the Lord to move again in Israel. Maybe he was simply praying for him and Elizabeth to still have a child. It may be that he prayed all of these things and God answered them all. Verse 13, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. And we're all waiting, aren't we? In our own lives, I know we are. There are many things that we wait for. We wait for things to change. We wait for this illness to leave our bodies. We wait for it to leave the illness, sorry, illness to leave the body of a loved one. We wait for that broken relationship to be restored. We wait for that sense of calling to become clearer. We wait on that decision from the home office. We wait on that decision for someone in our lives who we want them to know Jesus. In our own lives, we wait and we wait. And as a people, as a church family, we wait, don't we? When we look at our world, we're waiting for this war in Ukraine to stop. We're waiting for the climate crisis to be reversed. We're waiting for our our energy bills to come down. We look at the Horn of Africa and we're waiting and hoping for that famine to be over. We look at our society and we wait for justice and restoration to come. We wait and we hope. In life, we wait. And there are times of waiting and there are times of wilderness. The Israelites in the Old Testament had it. They wandered in the the wilderness for 40 years after escaping slavery. Jesus waited 30 years before he started his ministry. We now, we wait for his return. We live in that tension. Zechariah and Elizabeth waited for a long time. And then what happened is probably more than they could ever have hoped or imagined. A child for the childless. And not just any child, one who would bear witness to the true light of the world. Verse 13, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a delight, sorry, he will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring many back Sorry, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and to the the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. How do you even start to compute that as an answer to your prayers? Are we as a people ready for God to move in ways that far exceed our prayerful requests. Waiting can be so painful, can't it? Viscerally so. But it's in our waiting that our expectation and our anticipation can deepen as we root ourselves more deeply in both the power and the faithfulness of God. There's no better time, there's no better story than the Christmas story to have our hearts filled with the unending and unerring faithfulness of God. We see what he has done through the birth of Jesus. Let our hearts be filled with it. One final quick reflection. I'm coming into land. The third thing we see in this story of Zechariah and Elizabeth is that it is all to God's glory. It is all to God's glory. His plans and his purposes prevail. Think for just a moment about what happens to this baby, John, who is born. 
His life exceeds perhaps even what his parents could have expected of him, even after such an incredible and miraculous start. Think of the legacy here. Just look at what God does through Zechariah and Elizabeth and subsequently through their son John. A lot of biblical scholars will note that the role of Zechariah and Elizabeth in Scripture is to prepare the reader, to prepare the audience for an even more miraculous and extraordinary story that is to come. And their son, his role was to prepare the way. He was also to prepare us. Verse 17, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This may not come as a surprise to you, but what the angel said would happen actually happened. What the Lord had planned came to be. John's gospel informs us of the life that John went on to live. This is John chapter 1, verse 15. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Verse, going on to verse 23. John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. In the life of John the Baptist, Zechariah and Elizabeth's son, all we see is that whenever he was asked questions, his response was always the same. The answer is Jesus. Don't look at me, look at the other guy. He's the guy you should be paying attention to. He is the one, not me. John the Baptist's heart was full. It was full of Jesus. We see it. If, the words, if our words are the overflow of our heart, look at the words of John the Baptist. John 1, chapter, uh, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Verse 34. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. John chapter 3, verse 30. He must become greater, I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. John bore witness to the light, and we have the joy of being called to do the same. That's the beauty of the Christmas story. As we head into Advent, it's to know that we are called to be both witnesses to the light, just like John, but we are also filled with the light, the light of Jesus in, the, in our hearts. We are both to bring the light and to be the light. How lovely that we find ourselves in that story. And what an amazing legacy of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Two very ordinary people who God did amazing things through.